Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Mike Dopud from Arrow or Dark Matter or Stargate Universe, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Diner tonight. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are so happy to be here. You know, this is a very unusual episode because sitting with me in the studio is Miles himself. Yes, I, I can. We don't have to um, use subspace communication. I was able to beam in here tonight. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, you know, got the transporter working. Right. He's here in one piece, not half of them somewhere else. Most of my atoms came through, yes. Yes, yes. And uh, those that didn't, you'll see it on the show. <laughs> um, well, Em is not with us. She's dealing with some real life issues, so we pray for blessings on her as she uh, kind of worked through some of those things. But we hope to have her back on the show next week. So, Em, we are missing you if you're listening to the show, which I know you don't. But uh, <laughs> Which is great because now we can talk about her and no one will know. Don't tell her if you know Em. I'm just kidding. Um, we don't really talk about her that much in the show, but we do miss her a lot. Very much so. Yeah, yes. so so, so. anyways, welcome back to the diner. It's been a little bit since we did a show. We had all sorts of crazy stuff happen, but we are back, and we hope to be back. Uh, when's our next show? In two weeks again? I hope so, yes. Yep, so two weeks again, and uh, right in the heels of Labor Day, we should be good to go. So, uh, Miles, what is on the menu tonight? All right, so we're talking about... What's been going on in our sci-fi world, what we're enjoying. Uh, we're going to talk about how you, our, our wonderful uh, dear listeners, can help us out. And uh, you can be rewarded for doing so. Um, Reward. Scott and I will talk about uh, our, our time at, at Shore Leave this, this past year. And we have some TV news, some new shows coming up. Um, some, and, uh, you know, there's a lot more stuff, a lot more news about Star Trek Discovery. We'll be talking about that. Uh, movie news. We have some exciting Star Wars movie news. Ooh, yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, some listener feedback from uh, Mike Schilling and uh, James Husband, and uh, we have an interview we, we we got from one of the many cool guests over at uh, Shore Leave, uh, Mike uh, Tupod. Um, you you've seen him in a lot of things. Uh, if you watch a science fiction TV show, he's been in it. That's pretty well it, right? Pretty much. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and if it was filmed in Canada, you definitely saw it. Yep, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And then we have the Sci-Fi 5 and 5, the top five ways to die in science fiction. Interesting. Yes, yes, de- definitely. So I think you'll like some of them, Miles. I probably will. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Not that we would like you to die in any of them, but you would like some of the ways we have to die. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be good. I don't know what they are. It I is know. yet, so it should be interesting. I know. Well, let's start out by talking a little bit about what is going on in our sci-fi world, since it's been like forever since I last talked to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, What's going on? Um, well, there's not a lot of new summer programming right now. Uh, so the newest thing I've been watching, and I just finished watching it, I guess like I could say I sort of binge-watched it, uh, was um, Man the High Castle. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, without getting too deep and too depressed about some of the events going on in our world, I just thought it, interesting how some of the things that show explored sort of uh, exp, you know, just mirror it a little bit. It, it's 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 it, it spoke to me that way, yeah. But yeah. Um, and there's a lot of Cylons in that show. Um, well, I should say there's actors who played Cylons of Battlestar Galactica <laughs> are are in that show. Okay. Um, 
So, uh, but it shows great. It's on if you're an Amazon subscriber, uh, it's 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 free on there. Um, if you're into alternate history, um, there, there's some interesting alternate history explored, some novels. But this is the first I think I've seen a, t a big TV budget where they did an alternate history uh, type thing. Um, and so there's two seasons of it. I hope it'll come back for a third season. Um, but the, the premise is the Nazis uh, won World War II, the Nazis and, and, and the Japanese. So the Nazis control about... Um, two-thirds of the United States and most of the world, and Japan basically has the West Coast, and there's this neutral zone sort, you know, sort of in the middle, um, and just, but it's 1962, Hitler is still alive, and um, it's just, it, it's an interesting exploration of what if, uh, that's a, sometimes sci-fi does with, it is the whole what if scenario. Yeah, you so, know, what if the decision you made, what if you got up got out of bed, got in your car, drove, and instead of, like, you were five minutes earlier, and that would have, and you'd have been in an accident. You know, what, what if, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of those scenarios. So what if Hitler would have won? What if the Civil War would have ended differently? What if, you know, mm -hmm. thousand and one things. So that's a really cool show. I'm still enjoying uh, Dark Matter and uh, Killjoys. Um at Shore Leave, Scott and I had a chance to talk to a, a few of the cast members. From, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, from Dark Matter, so that so I'm enjoying those shows. And if you're a Hulu subscriber, uh, they have all of uh, the Outer Limits uh, on there, and Outer Limits did some really cool stuff. So you're power watching the Outer Limits? I, I wouldn't say I'm power watching it, but I'm watching. You know, I'm watching some of it here and there. Uh, a lot of, the new the new Outer Limits came back in the '90s, so some of it looks a little dated, but they still explore some interesting things to the early 2000s. But well written, um, get get to see some familiar actors when they were younger doing that show. So I'm enjoying some of that. I'm reading um, Enigma Tales, a Star Trek novel right now. Okay, and who wrote that? Who wrote Enigma Tales? Uh, I, the author. The, the name of the authors eludes me at the moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, while I'm talking, you could Google that. We could give our listeners that. There is some information. Yes. We yeah. Can. So the great thing of the internet. So here's what's been going on in my science fiction world. So um, I'm, I seem to be playing a lot of DS, so 3DS. So with my son, we're playing Pokemon, Sun and Moon. So he, he taps me on it. But when I'm not doing that, um, what I've been doing is I watched an anime called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. And I think I may have mentioned it in the show, but I watched it with my daughter and it's a time travel. It's about a girl who's able to, at key events, especially events where she's almost going to die, but not always, she's able to leap backward through time and kind of reset the events. Oh, cool. Um, but she only has so many times to do it. And there's a love story mixed in. Um, but it's a really good anime. So if you're into anime, it may be something for you. The other thing that we've done is my wife and I have introduced our kids to Firefly. Oh. Wow. So we watched the very first two episodes the way they were supposed to be shown Fox News um, <laughs> back in the day, but we watched the very first two episodes, which are called Serenity, named yes. after the battle Serenity and, of course, after the ship. And um, it's, of course, where you meet Shepard Book and uh, and River and, 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 and Simon Tam and all those, many of uh, some of them which we've, we've interviewed. Right. And... Um, and so we were just introduced them, and there were only a few parts. We said, "Oh, maybe we need to fast forward through this." Yeah. Um, so there's not any real nudity, but it's suggested. Mm -hmm. 
But overall, we like the show. We the reavers might be a bit much, like when they show the reavers. But they don't. They only do that. I think in one episode. Yeah, there's only one episode. And then there's a tor- the torture with Miska. That, that might be a bit much. You might need to skip over. Yeah. That. So there there are some things that I'm looking at. Well, my ten year old. I think my fifteen year old can handle it. Mm-hmm. But I think my ten year old might be sleeping in my bed that night. You and know, he won't be sleeping much. <laughs> yeah. No, he won't be sleeping much. But anyways, we introduced him to Firefly. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like a proud geek parent. Is that to the, be proud the, about that? The, they like what they've seen so far. Uh, yeah, overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall. Uh, and then the other thing that has been going on in my sci-fi world is I've been working my way through the Aragon series, which is more of a fantasy series, uh, written by Christopher Pellini. And I get into it because I do another podcast called The Orbital Sword. And on that podcast, we have a it's like a book of the month club, and we started reading Aragon, and then we had people vote, and they voted for. The second one, and now we're reading the third one, and so I'm just going to finish it and read the fourth one. Mm-hmm. There's four books in the series, immensely enjoying them. Um, so if you're kind of fantasy dragon fans and you like Aragon, I absolutely love Aragon. So nice, yeah. So that's kind of what's been going on in my uh, sci-fi world. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So the Star Trek novel I'm reading, it's a Deep Space Nine novel, uh, Enigma Tales by uh, Una McCormick, if uh, you're familiar with uh, her writing. Okay, good. Have you met... Uh, I have not seen her at a convention yet, so no, I have not had the opportunity. Has uh, she written other Star Trek novels? She has, yes. All right, so yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe uh, we maybe. should get her on the Sci-Fi Diner. We should. Maybe we'll sure. see her shortly sometime. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Actually, a bunch of those authors I talked to at Shorely when we were there, yeah. and said, "Hey, yeah, we should have you on." And they would be up for being on. We just had to find. We just had to find the time to do it. So, and we have some interviews right now in the bank. Maybe when we get a little bit shorter in interviews, we should have them on. Mm-hmm. So. But if you like Star Trek novels, uh, I'm going to pimp Shoreleave now and even Farpoint. Uh, they get a lot of Star Trek novel authors. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk, Miles, a little bit about how people can help support the Sci-Fi Diner. I mean, we don't get paid. We don't expect to get paid. But it's great to support what you love so we can buy new equipment, you know, pay for the website, artwork, that sort of thing, and continue to bring you some of the good content that we've given you over the years, the interviews that we give you uh, while 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 our getting into Shore Leave is not that costly for us there is some expense regarding that and um and we don't often beg for money and we certainly won't beg you for money but we would love to have you come and partner with us in the sci-fi diner absolutely and uh, we will make it worth your while i think so i think so Mm -hmm. so for those of you that don't know we've had a patreon page like forever but it's been dormant for about three years we haven't done anything because i got into patreon on like one of the first levels Mm -hmm. so if you want to go to our Patreon page, it's patreon.com backslash sci-fi. So, yeah, yeah. so we own the sci-fi tag. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so backslash sci-fi, and you can support us by pledging at Patreon. And there's a couple different levels for supporting us at Patreon. Um, and again, no obligation. We will still love you. The best way that you really can support us is by continuing to listen to the podcast. Yes, download the podcast. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's it. Um, but but here's some of the things you can. There are three reward tiers. So and these are monthly obligations. So not per episode. So if we put out like four episodes a month. You're paying one buck. If you uh, if we put out two, it's one buck uh, a month. So that's been about the average for us. About two a month right now. Yes. Um, 
But so you can support us, and there's three levels. So the, at, the, at the lowest level, and by no means it doesn't mean it's the least level, it's just the lowest level in the tier, is our escape pod emergency rations for a buck a month. We right? try to keep it food and dining yeah, related. Yeah, yep. Food and dining related. And that will get you a thank you on our next show. And we'll, we're going to be starting a thank you page on our website for those of you that actually have done that. Um, the next tier up is $5 a month. And that uh, will get you a thank you on our next show and a name and a name on the thank you page of our website. But it will also, if you do this for three consistent months, will get you an autographed celebrity of a photo. Yes. So of of, of a celebrity that we've interviewed, and it will be it's it's going to just be signed. Right. Won't have my name. Won't have Miles' name. It might have Sci-Fi Diner to fans of the Sci-Fi Diner, mm-hmm. but it'll be an autographed photo. Right. Uh, so the nice thing about going to these cons is we we, we 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 could get some really nice autographed pictures from these guests, and we have um, we have a very nice selection uh, already already in our possession. I mean, every year we get more, but uh, currently we have some really impressive uh, pictures of uh, impressive names uh, to give out. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, you know. Uh, Richard Dean, we have one, a beautiful one of Richard Dean Anderson. A bunch uh, from the Star Trek cast. Yeah, uh, uh, we, we we got to meet Michael Dorn and, and Marina Sirtis at uh, shortly this past year. So we have we have like three three each of those. Uh, Big Bang Theory fans. We have uh, our favorite comic book owner, uh, Kevin Sussman. Yep, yeah, uh, wow. Stuart. Um, and if you're you know the, the, the sci-fi uh, network shows, we have some pictures from. Um, the Dark Matter cast. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot there. Right. We, uh, we, we have the Maytag Man, Colin Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot. And we have a list of that actually on the Patreon page. If you go to the posts that we posted, we have a general post of all the photos available. And they are a first-come, first-serve basis. If you want to know what shows these people are from, uh, just let us know. I might put that up there. I didn't put the shows, but it mm-hmm. might be helpful for people to know what shows these people are from. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You can find the list there, and it is first come, first serve. Some of them, we have multiple copies, but some of them, it's one copy. So if you want in on this reward, you want to get in here early. Both the Tier 2 and the Tier 3 rewards get these. Tier 3 is $10 a month, and that will get you a guest host spot on one of our shows. Um, um, Or if you are a person that likes to be on a show, you can suggest a topic for us to review. Right. And uh, give us your thoughts on that topic, and we'll read it. So if you aren't a person for audio, we know that there's those that are a little bit more socially shy, and that's fine. Uh, we would still love to have you support us. So those are the three tiers, and that is dining with the diners. Yeah, and we're not, you know, the, each tier is, it's, I mean, a buck, five dollars, ten dollars. It's not, you know, not, it won't not kill a huge, you. It, it's not a huge obligation every yeah, month. Yeah, absolutely, it's very affordable. Yep. So uh, enough about Patreon, but we love our Patreon supporters. We've had them in the past, and we're just kind of launching this again. So if you would be able to support us in that way, we'd love to have you. But uh, if you can't, we would still love to have your contributions. Give us an iTunes review if you've never done that. Right. Um, to plug us on iTunes. You could email us, say, hey, we're listening. Let us know what you've liked about some of the most recent shows, or let us know what you're watching or what you think about what you're watching. Um, you can also interact with us on Facebook, like our Facebook page. It's just another way for you to support us. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, these are the way, and uh, we'll plug these again at the end of the show, but we don't want to be uh, heavy handed on that. Let's go on and give us, get us into some of the meal that we have tonight. All right. So, um, we have um, 
next on menu we're going to talk about is our summer convention uh, experiences. Uh, we have some interesting TV uh, trailers for some new shows that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is still putting out new information out there. That that'll be that show will be here before we know it. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about our summer convention report. Now we we do have NovaCon, but that's M's thing. And again, as we mentioned, M's not here tonight. She'll still report on that the next time she's here. Right. Um, but. But we were at shore leave. We uh, were at shore leave. About yeah. two months ago, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, what did you think of shore leave this year? I had a really good time. Um, they, they had a r- really good guest list. Um, Maria Sirtis, you went, I mean, she plays Deanna Troy, this, this serious, um, empathetic counselor. But the woman, the woman who gives life to this character, she's one of the most funniest people alive. I mean, she is very, I mean... You know, she she'll tell you she's 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 a blue collar from some you know, Cockney from some some town in England, um, and she she's she's just a, a laugh a minute. Uh, she just had everybody entertained at at her panels, um, and, and the way she she picked on Michael Dorn was uh, was was hilarious. <laughs> She'd call him Dorney. Uh, it was it, so. She, she she was fantastic. Uh, they had some great guests. Good. And she was one. Of, she's one of the friendliest guests too. I mean, oh. she and Kevin Sussman, I would say, were just uh, uh, Michael Tapod too. They were just friendly guests. Yeah, they're very very approachable. Uh, you could have a you know there was, it, it, you know there were a lot of people at Marina's table, but you know if if, 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 if you know if she saw you, she'd give you a minute or two of her time, and you could have a, a pleasant conversation yeah. with her. See, one of my one of Miles' favorite parts for the entire convention was. We, we, we sat, or we, we chatted with um, uh, Rena's handler about mm-hmm. getting an interview with her. I think we did that on Friday. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, come back, uh, we're going to, maybe Saturday. So we checked back in with Saturday with her. And then I had to leave, but Miles was there Sunday. And she said, well, why don't you come back Sunday? And so Miles got numerous times to just sit and chat with Marina about this. Even though he never got the interview, he got to stand next to her like multiple times. Yes, I did. I asked her several times and she said, well, we'll check, check back later. I mean, she. To, to be fair, I'm not, I mean, I wish I, I would have loved to get an interview with her. But Absolutely. The same, but at the same time. She was very in demand with the people. Absolutely, and she, that's what she's there for for the fans. But she was very pleasant. She, she even apologized, you know. So I, I I can't I can't begrudge her at all. Well, you know, Miles, there is one story you are failing to share about Maria Sirius. Re- refresh my memory. Well, uh, the fact that you don't remember plays into what she said. Oh, now I remember. <laughs> yes. So here's here's the deal. Um, I go up to ask a question during her and Michael Dorn's panel, and um, you know, she she looks fantastic, and and she's in her early sixties now, and and she looks great, uh, and so I, I I said that at her, you know, when I, before I asked, and she said, oh, and she, she thanked me, but then she said, you're old, I want to hear from a twenty year old or something like that. She, <laughs> you know, so, uh, I mean, uh, you know, that that was you know. She might as well. She, 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 the fact that she she goofed on me, she it was like blowing a kiss at me. As yeah. Well. So, you know. Did she apologize? She later no. on. She didn't. She didn't. She apologized for the old comment. No. <laughs> uh, but that, that's that's okay. I mean, uh, the fact that she felt comfortable to uh, you know banter with me like that, I thought that was great. Yeah, it was. It was another story with Maria Severus and actually Kevin Sussman. So we're 
Kiefer, my son and I, Kiefer came to the convention. It was great to have him there, by the way, to have young blood there. Mm-hmm. And he did pretty good. He did. And he was he had his uh, casual Pikachu uh Oh yeah, Al- he dressed for the convention. He was very disappointed that I did not. So that's obviously a life goal of mine is to dress for a convention. Cosplay with your yeah, son. Yeah, cosplay with my son. Um, but anyways, so it's Saturday night, mm-hmm. and they are getting ready to do the uh, masquerade. Yes. Now, Michael Dorn, Kevin Sussman, and Maria Cerritos, Maria Cerritos mm-hmm. uh, had just spent two and a half hours signing autographs. Yeah. So... And at the very end, we're sitting in front of a blue screen where they bring, where they parade everyone that's dressed up in cosplay for the masquerade out so we can all take photographs of them. And we're waiting for that. Well, as we're waiting, Michael Dorn passes by, and everyone's like, hey, stand there for a photograph. And he's like, oh, no. And we understood. I mean, mm-hmm. he's tired. Right. They, they, in fact, they had just done a two-hour session prior to that. Yeah, they're very stage. they're very busy that they day. They were very busy that day, so understood. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit later, Maria Severs and Kevin Sussman come right after one another, and the crowd asks, "Hey, can you stop for pictures?" Right, and they were like, "You want us? Sure." And so they stopped in front of the blue screen, and we got photos. Well, wouldn't you know it, Kiefer, my son, who has no clue who these people are, hands it up. Jumps in on their photo op. He photo bombs. He photo bombs them. <laughs> hangs out and gets to hold Marina Sirius's hand, you know, with her arms around it. You know, he hasn't washed that shirt since. Just kidding. He has, well, but <laughs> but it was very funny, and I couldn't get my camera up fast enough. I had to ask the total stranger at the con who got a photograph of it to. He was kind me, enough to get that text to you. A, text a photo to me. It was yeah. awesome. What what's all you know? And I, when I saw the two of them together, I thought I'll say. And guest starring on Big Bang Theory, Marina Sirtisich goes, oh, I would love to do Big Bang Theory. <laughs> uh, they've had so many Star Trek actors do that over the years. Oh, they have. And earlier during the day, uh, I forget what you were doing, but I was sort of watching Kiefer. Kiefer walked up to Marina's table, and they had a guy cosplaying as uh, Q from the first season. He's wearing that, that judge's outfit. And, uh, and, and, and Marina says, uh, do you know who Q is? And she goes, uh, no, he doesn't. And, and Q looks at me. I guess he thinks I'm, I was Kiefer's dad. And, and he goes, but we're educating him. And, and, and Q goes, uh, educate him faster. <laughs> <laughs> that was not John DeLance. It was not John DeLance. It was a guy cosplaying as Q. But we did, he, we did he's jamming inter- it up, though. Yeah, we did interview John DeLance at Shore Leave a few years ago. We he did. Was, he was a pleasure. Pleasure to interview. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're, I think, I mean... Kiefer seemed to have a really good time that yeah, weekend. Yeah, It was unfortunate by the end of the con, so we talk about the con crud. Mm-hmm. I got sick at this con, and I got pretty terribly sick, actually. Um, and I didn't realize how sick I was mm-hmm. till I was till I got to Miles' house. And I knew right as we were leaving the con that night that I was pretty sick. I got into my car, I had chills. By the time I got home, I had a 102-degree fever. Yeah. It was it was bad. Yeah, you got so, real sick. Yeah. I got I got roasted. It was bad, but mm-hmm. um, neither here nor there. It was a good con, great cosplay. We had we got some good interviews. We, we interviewed like five or six people there. Yeah, we the only people we didn't have an opportunity to interview was Michael Dorn and Marita Sirtis. And Michael Dorn's the only one that turned us down outright. Yes, mm-hmm. and it was great because we kind of went in there having a little bit of snafu with getting the interviews, mm-hmm. and no one had said. Hey, we won't do interviews. Yeah. Uh, but when we did ask Michael Dorn's handler, he said, and he's a great guy. We've had good relationships with him. I forget his name. I wish mm-hmm. I could, you know, 
We'll have to remember, get yeah, credit him the next time. But um, he, you know, he's the only one that said out right now. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and, and you know what? That, he probably he's done, he probably does hundreds, lots of these, and um, you know, it's most most of the time they say yes, but you know, if they say no, you know, that's fine. That's it was good to see Neil, Lou, mm-hmm. Frage. Mm-hmm. Heather, Heather, yeah, the whole, the whole, the people we've mentioned the podcast before. It's one of the reasons we go to the cons. Michael Schilling, Dayton Ward was there. I had a great conversation with Dayton Ward about raising kids. Oh wow, yeah, uh, I went to his panel. Um, we should do a podcast. I know you don't have kids, but you should do a podcast on being a geek parent. That that would that would be an entertaining podcast. Wouldn't it? Yeah, and we should get Dayton on. I'm an I'm an uncle. I mean, I've yeah. There I've, you go. I've uh, yes. You know, I've helped indoctrinate my niece into there Star Wars. There you go. We we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. And Eb could talk about her uh, nephews. Yes, I mean, so there's you know parenting and, and being an aunt and uncle. Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. raising geek children. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, Dayton Ward had a panel with some other folks. Uh, the the Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds uh, books uh, where where. They used to do these books years ago, fan submissions. Uh, that's that's right. how that's how Dayton War got his start, um, and and writing uh, Star Trek novels. He he did this as a fan, and then they liked his his work so much that they offered him a a, a job. So, I, I I'm 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 working on a story myself, and it's it's still a work in progress. But um, I got some inspiration and so there uh, going to that panel and, and and talk with some folks. You know, when it's done, we need to, we need to release an audio version of that story. We'll have to do our own. I, don't, I mean, they'll do audio versions of. I I, I don't know. We'll have to. See, you know, what, maybe they will. But by the time they're ready to do it, maybe they will do it audio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our thing. Maybe we could do like a fan audio. Thing. Fan audio, and that that would yeah. be great. Um, so depending what happens with the story, so, so we can share that. So he- Heather Burden reviewed reviewed my story, and she gave me some very good feedback. Good. Uh, so I'm working on, on a rewrite. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. But uh, Shore Leave, folks, if you've never been to Shore Leave and if you're not far from that, I, I check out that con. Um, they have stuff for everybody. I mean, they have great celebrity guests, but they have great panels. Talk about your favorite shows, your favorite genres, um, people in costumes. Uh, somebody had a, 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 a classic Bowser Galactica Cylon Raider. Raider, you get a picture. That's right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a one-seater, but it looks very authentic. Um so shore leave is a great time. I can't I can't say enough good things about it. Right. Um, I guess maybe before we move on from shore leave, I, Mike Schilling, who wrote into the podcast, gave us. Uh, we were going to share this listener feedback later on, but he writes about shore leave. Maybe we should share it now since we're talking okay. about. It. Does that work for you? That works for me. All right. So let's do this. So this is an email from Michael Schilling. Now Michael Schilling, if you listen to the podcast, we've interviewed him probably six or seven times over the year. He's probably the most reoccurring guest because we talk about him every time Shoreleave goes along. Shoreleave has been really good to us as a podcast, and we love having him on. Right. Um, but this is, what, uh, this is what Mike said in his email. Hello, Scott M. and Miles. First of all, thank you so much once again to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast for some continued enthusiasm and support for Shoreleave again this year. Shoreleave just wouldn't be the same without you guys. I hope you were able to obtain top-notch material for your podcast during the course of the weekend. I know it couldn't have been easy, especially with Mr. Sussman and Mr. Dorn and Ms. Sirtis uh, having such limited time. It was great seeing you all over the convention during the course of the weekend as well and chatting here and there as well. Keep an eye on the website as Shirley 40 will be bearing down on us before you know it. Please let me know as new editions of the podcast come out so I can check them out, okay? Be well. Please keep in touch. Kindest regards, Mike Schilling. 
So Mike Schilling's head of publicity, and mm-hmm. thank you, Mike, for writing in and for thanking us for the podcast. Um, numerous times he ran into us. He said, "Hey, I talked to this person who said they came because they heard of us." That's fantastic. So there's been at least a couple people that he. So we, we we've uh, sold uh, uh, shore leave to other. other yeah, folks. absolutely. So that, that's good. I'm glad. In fact, I think someone recognized him. Because they heard him on the podcast. They heard, recognized his voice. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's awesome. <laughs> I know it happened to M before. And mm-hmm. uh, so, and uh, so very good, very good. So, so Mike, uh, it was good seeing you. We'll, we'll, we'll see you at Farpoint. Absolutely, yeah. He does come to Farpoint. He does, he does, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a little bit less stress for Mike then, I think. <laughs> and he can come as a fan, yeah. Yeah, so there he comes as a fan, mm-hmm. indeed. All right, well, let's move into some TV news, right? So what do we got on our dock? We have some TV shows that are coming out. Well, soon. So, yeah, there's some exciting trailers out there for um, that are coming out for the fall. Uh, fall is usually a, a time for some new programming. And uh, first one we have is Inhumans. Uh, we had a talk of Inhumans in um, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh, I'm not familiar with the genre. Of, maybe some of you have read the comics and are, are more familiar with it, but uh, the, the, the trailer looks very promising. Yeah, well, why don't we play the trailer and we'll just listen to it and then talk real briefly about it mm-hmm. and find out whether you, Miles, will be watching this show. in IMAX. Tickets on sale now. All right. So the complete series starts September 29th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got we got introduced to a lot of the characters here, including Medusa, who it's kind of awesome to see how her hair's moving. Yes. Uh, they don't make it look like snakes. No, they don't. She, they she, don't. she She's easy on the eye, too. Yeah, she's easy, <laughs> she's easy on the eye. She's mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so what do you think of the superhero show? I'm going to give it at least watch the first episode. Yeah. The the actor who plays uh, our uh, favorite evil bastard, and I'm not using it as an insult, that's a technical term, uh, Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, looks like uh, he, he, he has a big part in this uh, show. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's on ABC, so it won't be canceled right away. Right. A- a- that's the thing. ABC will give it a chance, see if, yep. it, if, if it can get an audience. Yeah. So, uh, you you excited for this? Yay, nay? I'm what do you think? cautiously optimistic. I, I heard I heard some feedback online that uh, wasn't really sanguine about it, but the only thing I can say is, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the first episode and, and, and see if it grabs me. Yeah, knowing me, if I watch it, it'll be on Netflix sometime. So, the thing is, I mean, the fall's going to be a busy time with all... With, there's the returning shows and see these. Right. I just don't know if I'm gonna be able. To watch and there's my limited time. You know, I just don't. I don't watch a lot of. T- I'll probably catch the show later on if it really does anything. Mm-hmm. So, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're going to be watching. Very good. So uh, what else do we got on TV news? We have uh, The Gifted. It, this looks like it is a sort of a spinoff from the X-Men. Um, this looks interesting also. I mean, we're talking yeah, about... Yeah, it is part of the X-Men series in some way. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we got mutants um, and the whole struggle that they, they've had. All right, so play the trailer again. Let's watch the trailer. I mean, I show you some of my moves. <laughs> oh, thank you. I used to... Oh my gosh. Hey, look who's here. Why didn't you tell me? I'm so sorry. How do you think we got out of that ship? You too. Did you hear about the mutant incident? Those are my kids. The X-Men, the Brotherhood, we don't even know if they exist anymore. And with the Sentinel services, we have to go now. Stay out of sight. There is nothing more important to me than my family. That was when I ruled the world. Okay, so I'm way more excited about this trailer than the Inhumans. You like this one? I like the family aspect of it. I, I thought at first, oh great, we're going to have a teenage angsty thing going on because it's two kids in the gym, one kid getting beat up, yeah. and them getting out of the gym. But it ended up being more of a family thing. Now, I'm basing this purely on the trailer. I don't know anything about the comics. never read them or anything yeah. like that. So I, I would watch this quicker than I would watch Inhumans. Mm-hmm. And I might even... Get this, get my family into it, mm-hmm. depending on it. So my only concern mm-hmm. is Fox. That's yeah, I was good. And we, we don't gonna... have any superhero shows on Fox, right? Am I wrong about that? Well, if you count uh, Gotham, oh, that's on. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, we have we have we have the, the the basically all the villains from the Batman universe. True. And, true. So. But yeah, that's that's the thing is that's that's the only superhero show I know, and Fox Fox is quicker to cancel a show if they don't. Yeah, so uh, the only thing I would say is I like the family aspect in it. Um, X Men Universe has a tendency to be a bit more graphic than many of the other universes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know is because we have a family in here that's going to change, and because it's Fox and network television that changes. Or we're still going to be as vulgar and as violent as some of the X-Men movies. Like I watched Logan, for example. Right. Um, Logan is beautiful, but absolutely brutal and vulgar. Definitely not a family movie. It's not, I would never show it to my kid. No, you can't. Uh, no, you know, it's rated R for one thing. Yeah, well, I could still show it to my kid. I just didn't. I, I, I'm not going to be that parent. But just telling you what kind of content is on Yeah, that. so it really depends. You know, I kind of... I'm, I'm going to wait and see, but if there's any of the shows that we've talked about so far, which is only two, this is the one I would show, The Gifted. I'm wondering if The Gifted takes place after the events of uh, the Logan movie. Yeah, I don't know. Because, it, because they, they say in there, we're not even sure if the X-Men are still around anymore. And it, I mean, without, you know, um, I, I'm kind of in spoiler territory now. So, you know, that we'll just say that there, there's some... Lo, lo, there are some s- sad events at the end of the Logan movie. 
So when does The Gifted come out? Do we know? That comes out October 2nd. Okay, so I have a month. If I forget, remind me that I want to watch it, Miles. Okay. It's your, it's your, it's your, it's your responsibility. No. <laughs> okay, what else do we have coming out? Uh, this is pretty much going to premiere tomorrow from... One so actually, recording. before the, this show will come out after it's premiered. So if you watch this show, mm-hmm. please let us know what you thought of the premiere episode and maybe the subsequent episodes. So we Netflix has put out some really good uh, Mar- Marvel uh, comics, uh, kind of like these second tier. And some maybe not so good. Yeah. Iron I, Fist got way mixed reviews on it. I, I watched it because I wanted to see how... It would go with the Defenders, and but I, I didn't enjoy that one as much as I did enjoy the other ones. Like Jessica Jones, Daredevil. And, and uh, Luke Lucas, Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. Um, so the only thing that I have to say about that is, ironically, Iron Fist got renewed for a second season. So it, it must have... It must have pulled in enough. No, enough viewers. Um, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we're talking about Marvel's The Defenders. Right. And let's play the trailer and let's talk about what we think about what we're seeing so far. Mm-hmm. The thing about war is it only works if both sides believe they're the good guys. The truth is we're not so different. We fight to get back what was once ours. But in the end, and this is the end, it's just a city. You'll get used to watching them fall. I think we're safe for now. We need to figure out our next move. No, there's no next move. And there is no we. What is that? We're not here to eat. Are those pork? No, the shrimp. Oh, this guy's got pork. God, you're weird. I'm not looking for super friends. Shit. That doesn't matter. Can't fight these people. Not even with whatever it is your hand can do. It's cheap. It's not. They're hunting our friends, our families, and they're not gonna stop there. More death is coming. And the only thing keeping Manhattan from crumbling to a pile of dust is the four of you. The war for New York, it's over. Not yet. Nice ears. They're horns. I can see you've formed a kind of bond. I promise you it's temporary. Electra. They will disappoint you. Jessica, like it or not, we belong out there together. I'm glad we found each other. I'm not hugging you. We have Luke Cage, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, 
Daredevil, who right. we actually see in an outfit now. Oh, he, was, he had it second season. He had second, well, so it tells you I watched first season. Yeah. So he has his outfit now, and then we have Iron Fist all coming together to be the Defenders. And looks like we'll see in, in maybe a smaller role, but uh, at least there, uh, the Punisher and Elektra there also. And Sigourney Weaver. They got Sigourney Weaver to be I know. the baddie for this. I know, um, come on. I mean, th- that says you got to at least give it a chance. I mean, it looks kind of good. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll watch it, but if you enjoyed, and I didn't, again, I didn't watch a lot of the others. I watched a little bit of Daredevil and that was it. All the rest I haven't watched. But if you enjoyed those shows, you're going to have to watch this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to have to watch it. So, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll hear what you're thinking and maybe you'll win me over eventually. I'm going to be there for this. uh, And and, and, and it premieres tomorrow, so I'm excited. Yeah, we are very cool about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what are we doing? Uh, we are, we're going to do the movie. We're going to do the uh, the movie news next, mm-hmm. right? And then this week in track. Sure. So, uh, my understanding, Miles, is you stumbled apart up, across some pretty big movie news. Yeah. So it looks like uh, Disney is not done um, making more Star Wars uh, material and or movies. spinoff movies like like uh, Rogue One mm-hmm. and. The Han Solo movie. We're getting another movie. So it uh, looks like they're going to be uh, creating a, a uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, spinoff film. Um, and there, there's not a release date yet or not. But um, so far, Disney has done very little wrong since they got the Star Wars property. Since they got the Marvel property. That too. <laughs> I mean, they just don't do a lot wrong, period. We have an Obi-Wan spinoff. Right. And, I, and I'll be very interested to see... With you know, with their writers, what they could do with Obi Wan. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he he wasn't bad in the prequels, but I think I, th- I think with a fresh set of eyes, uh, somebody could do some really good, uh, g- good storytelling. Now I'm curious: is and are we going to do like an origin story of Obi Wan, and are we? And then it almost has to be pre Anakin. I'm wondering if that's, yeah, because I, I I was just going to say, are they going to do his exile on Tatooine just before um, uh, episode. Or they could start his exile and then like flash back to him. You know, growing up, th- they could probably do that in a whole. Yeah, they could. They could start there and then just him. Ref- you know, what would you like to see? What story of Obi Wan would make Miles McLaughlin happy? I would. I would like to see. I would like to see his his exile on on Tatooine. Maybe not for the whole film, but for some of the film. But him maybe thinking or exploring when he was a child, when I mean, when he was uh, dropped off the Jedi Academy and started his Jedi training, uh, maybe they could do a fir- you know one of his first missions. Maybe they could bring Liam Neeson back and as you know, and maybe they could ha- and de-age him a little bit. They could do that now. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's been over fifteen years, but uh, Liam Neeson is still looking pretty good, so yeah, it wouldn't be too difficult. I mean, um, but maybe maybe an adventure with them. You know, it, they could they could do a lot. I mean, I think, uh, like I said, Di- Disney has done very well with Star Wars. I think Rogue One might be my favorite Star Wars movie right now. It's it's pretty good. It's so pretty good. So I'm excited. I would, still like, I would still like to see a Thrawn movie come out, but the character Thrawn. Yeah. So, but, 
But yeah, so I'm excited about the Obi Wan movie. I'm excited about any Star Wars movie that Disney does. So right. But that's our that's our movie news for tonight, and we would love to hear what you think about the Obi Wan movie or the idea of an Obi Wan movie. So you can email us to sci-fi-diner-podcast at gmail.com or just comment on our Facebook page. Is that on our Facebook page? If not, we got to put it there. They, they just announced this today, so, so yeah, well, we we put it on the page. Yeah, you have to you have to put it on us. It's, mm-hmm. it's your responsibility. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's it for movie news. And uh, one more thing here, right? This week in Trek, are we doing listener feedback? Um, we'll do listener feedback after this week in track. Okay. So this week in track, we have another. I just want to put another trailer. Um, Last trailer, I promise. Now. Yes, we, tra- we we probably trailered out. But, yeah, um, we we like trailers. Uh, the first one, we like them when there's talking. It makes it a little bit more exciting, mm-hmm. and it gives us something to dialogue about. But uh, go ahead. So th- this is one of the trailers uh, that was played at uh, Comic Con, I believe, and we we just get some more. We see more about these our new heroes, the ships. And just the whole story with uh, Star Trek Discovery. So this is this week in Star Trek as a segment, and we're talking Discovery. Mm-hmm. Discovery comes out when? September the 24th. So uh, if you've not seen this trailer, it's worth seeing. But let's play We're going to play this trailer. It's three minutes long. We may not, it may not be quite three minutes, but let's play and let's talk about what we think about what we're seeing and, mm-hmm. and uh, are you, well, if you're excited, Miles, and that whole nine yards. life is born from chaos the world doesn't always adhere to logic sometimes down is up and sometimes when you're lost you're found The Klingon Empire has been in disarray for generations. We've encountered them. We have been waiting for someone worthy of our attention. Captain, incoming! is the essential process of all existence, Commander Burnham. Go! You must challenge your preconceptions, or they most certainly will challenge you. What the hell is going on on this ship? Run! We are creating a new way to fly. Hurry. I'm getting very close to. You're mad. I'm mud. You chose to do the right thing. Being a great cost to yourself. You helped start a war. Don't you want to help me end it?
So, what do you think, Miles? Uh, it doesn't do anything for me. Liar. I, are you kidding? I am so excited and stoked for this new Star Trek show. Uh, I, 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 I love what they've done so far. Uh, I, I think, I mean, visually, the special effects, I, I, I don't think we have anything to worry about there. Um, I think it's good. I think they're going to be extremely high quality, but I, I, I like what I've seen as far as with the story, the characters we're, we're learning about. Um, the fact that it takes place 10 years before the original series, it looks like it's a, it's a very volatile time in the Federation's history and their history with the Klingons. Um, in some ways, it looks like it's going to be a war drama. Um, I know some Star Trek fans are, seem a little put out by that because you know, Gene Roddenberry's positive vision of the future, but I think what they're trying to show is they're trying to either preserve paradise or try to achieve paradise. I think I think I think Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future will still be there, but it's something that needs to be achieved. It's not it's not something that that, that they already have. Um, we've seen pictures of of the props like the phasers, the communicators. Uh, they've done a really good job of kind of harkening back to what they looked like in the '60s, but at the same time, kind of you know, but still modern looking. Um, yeah, I, I, I could, I could, I could talk for a long time just what I what I love, what I've seen so far. Any concern at all that we aren't going to be getting the deep commentary in society that we often get with Star Trek? I mean, because what we're seeing in the trailer is basically action oriented. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. I, I, no, I, 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 I think everything I've heard. The people who are, are writing Star Trek are Star Trek fans. They get Star Trek. I mean, I think they have to show the, these kind of trailers to kind of like wow the casual fans or maybe not the people who aren't fans yet. But I think the people that I have in place who are going to be writing this um, understand it. And so I think they will do the, the deep human you know exploration uh, that we, we know Star Trek to do. So no, I'm not concerned about that at all. I think uh, we, there'll, there'll still be plenty. The the the, the philosophical uh, exploration. I'm pretty sure it's going to be there. I'm not worried about that at all. Awesome. So I, I'm really excited for this show, yeah. and uh, the first the first month of uh, um, CBS Access is is free. Um, yeah. So jump on that. Um, but I'll, you know, yeah, I'll pay the, I'll pay the six ninety nine a month to watch this. Um, we also found out, um, I was listening to the, the, the official Star Trek podcast. Um, they're playing some excerpts from the, um, the, the Vegas con right. and, uh, people we've talked to before, David, David Mack, Kirsten Beyer, uh, we're going to get some, some Star Trek novels out of this, but there's going to be some interesting, um, They'll do a prequel novel that David Mack is writing um, that takes 10 years before the events of Discovery. And so they'll weave some events we know from original series Trek with uh, this new Trek. Awesome. So we're going to get some good stuff as far as uh, novels. A lot of good stuff coming out regarding Star Trek. And comic books, yeah. yeah. So, uh, curious, I, I it was just announced that, that, that the um, CBS, of course, is 
24th will premiere in two places, mm-hmm. both CBS and Netflix, yeah. if you aren't in the U.S. Yeah. So it's a Netflix, um, and they aren't doing the traditional drop all the episodes. You have to wait. Yeah. I think you have to wait. It's like drop, and it's like... But they start doing a network, so it'll be like an episode a week or something like that. It'll be like Game of Thrones. I mean, you have to wait every week for new. Right, episode. right. So, uh, and how many episodes are we getting? I think we're getting fifteen. So fifteen episodes. So basically, almost a full season. Right, and and originally it was only supposed to be eleven. So right, we, we so got more. that's good. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I imagine we're going to be able to see it on Netflix eventually. I, I yeah probably after the first season they'll probably do I would think they'll do put. that. So the question is, if am I going to wait till that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to work something out. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, so that's that. That is our this is that is our news tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and head into our interview, Miles. Okay. So Mike, oh, Mike, so Mike Depode. Mm-hmm. We are we're interviewing him. Uh, tell us how we landed this interview. How did this go about? And who is Mike Depode? He, 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 Am I saying that wrong? I, I think it's Depode. Depode. Yeah. yeah uh, sorry. sorry, Mike. If you're listening to the podcast, I, I, I made sure I asked him how to how to pronounce his name. Uh, I've whenever I whenever I've mispronounced a celebrity uh, yeah. guest name, I, it's very embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've done that before. right? I've done it before, <laughs> and I'm trying not to do it again. But uh, he was very gracious. Uh, but where have you seen uh, uh, Mike Depode? You have where seen, have you not seen him? Is that that would question. be that would be the easiest. Yeah, but uh, all the Stargate franchises, uh, a lot of the CW sci-fi fantasy shows. Uh, he is, you know, movies. Uh, I, I rewatched um, X Men: Days of Future Past. There's a great scene where he is one of these mobsters going after um, uh, Logan. Right. Um, well, and he's in X Men: Days of Future Past, Man of Steel, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, Rise of Planet of the Apes. Those are just the movies. Yeah, I mean this this, this guy is an action star all the way. Um, Arrow. He was an Arrow. He was an Arrow. He played a Russian mobster. Yeah. Um, but Dark Matter. He's been Dark Matter. Yeah. Like like you like you said. What has he not been on? Yeah. Seriously. Uh, very busy, hardworking guy. Um, what was cool, they did at Shore Leave. Uh, they, they showed clips. When they introduced the guests, they would show clips of um, of the shows they were on. So the clip they, they showed him on was he was on, on the episode of Stargate Atlantis. Uh, he, he plays this, this runner character, and he's beating, beating the crap out of these Wraith. And people are cheering him as, as it's happening. <laughs> it was awesome. And uh, That is awesome. But he, he very fan-friendly guy I talked to. Um, I really enjoyed your interview. Um, I, I lent he him my copy. He was a great interview. He was. was. it like 10, 15 minute interview? Easy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I lent him my copy of the, the Stargate um, uh, Universe comic book. and uh, so, so he, he did read it. He did read it, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was also in uh, Man of Steel. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And um, Continuum. Right. So, yeah, he yeah, was in Continuum also. So any kind, you know, any good Canadian sci-fi, he, he has either... Played a reoccurring character, guest starred, um, very recognizable face. Um, he, 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 he was a professional athlete before he did acting. Yeah, so football he, player, right? So he, 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 you know, he's, you know, he, he looks, he looks the part. Yeah, and absolutely, genuinely, one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Yes, he is one of the nicest guys. Uh, I, I, they, they showed a um, local, one of the local. Um, TV stations did an interview with him, so he was definitely up for promoting anything. He, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good talking to him. Well, we're going to share this interview 
with you. And hey, if you want a signed autograph of Mike DePode, we have a couple, right? A couple that we're giving away on our Patreon page. So be a Patreon, be yeah. a Patreon supporter, please. Yeah, Patreon backslash sci-fi. Patreon.com backslash sci-fi. We'll get you there. But we aren't talking about Patreon now. We're talking about Mike DePode. Here's the, the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I'll get his name right one of these times. History is that teleportation device now. There's a path down not too far from here. Stay here. I'll check to make sure it's still safe. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shirley of 2017, and we're hanging out with Mr. Mike DePood. Uh, Sci-fi fans will recognize him in such shows as Arrow, Dark Matter, Continuum, Battlestar Galactica, and too many other ones to name. Uh, he's also appeared in several films as Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and X-Men Days of Future Past. All I have to say is just to name a few uh, of, of all the work you've done. You're a very busy man, and so we're very happy you took some time to talk with us in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. This is good. So, my introduction only covered some of the shows and movies you've been in. You seem to be in heavy demand in an action sci-fi genre show and movie over the last several years. How do you do it? I, you know, for whatever reason, I guess the audience has resonated with my performances, I guess, in, in the sci-fi world. So, um, and in Vancouver also, I've worked a lot in Vancouver, and that tends to be a big sci-fi capital, mm -hmm. so to speak, if that's possible to say. Um, and I think just starting out when I started working, I got on these sci-fi shows and it just grew from there. But I love doing sci-fi shows. They're, they're great. In doing some research for this interview, I, I saw you played pro football and hockey in your native Canada. What's harder, pro athlete or, or sci-fi action star? <laughs> well, to be quite honest, being a pro athlete is much harder. Um, I was, uh, I did okay. I was lucky to make it. As I get older, I realize, you know, I was lucky to make it. I didn't last long, but I was there for a little while. So, um, had some injuries, yeah. And I appreciate the fact that I actually made it, right? Uh, a good friend of mine told me, I said, yeah, but you played 10 years. He goes, I don't care if you played one play or 20 years in the pros. You were there. You so, were a pro, man. I was there. So, like, okay, I'll take it that way, right? Um, but, no, obviously, uh, I think... The reason uh, pro sports is hard is because you, you have a limited timeline to make it. You literally have one chance, if you get that chance. Most guys don't even get a chance. So if you're lucky enough to get an opportunity that, and you can make the most of it, then, uh, you know, good on you, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, acting is a little bit more forgiving because you don't make it one time, you can get another chance. Yeah, look, in acting, you... If you get cast one in every 10 auditions that you do, you're doing well, right? If you get a 10%, 20% audition rating, that means you're doing great. And luckily, now once you've been doing this for a while, certain directors or certain production companies will hire you based on your, your past work. But yeah, it's definitely, well, easier. Because making a living as an actor isn't the easiest thing, right? So it's an interesting 
Yeah, they're both equally. Pro uh, sports is harder, but acting is close. close. Yeah, difficult, difficult, perhaps in a different way. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Now, I heard you you, tra- you, you started as a, as, as, as a stuntman first before you were acting. Yeah, I mean, officially, I started as an actor as well. Technically, first, I did a couple commercials. Uh, but stunt-wise, you see my career seemed to take off, uh, I guess, quicker, for lack of a better word. And I was doing a lot of the bigger shows and that. And um, so stunt-wise, things started really working. And then I focused on that because, you know, it, it's a lot of training. you got to do a lot of training. And then I kept doing small plays, neighborhood plays, and I kept training as an actor. Then eventually it would uh, it worked out. And then acting started picking up, and then I was able to leave the stunt world. Yeah. It's probably um, safer. <laughs> yes, I mean I give I give stunts a bad rap in a sense that you get banged up, but I just know all the guys that are right now. A lot of my friends are in their late 40s, early 50s, or 60s, and you know they're all banged up. It's like playing a pro sport for years and years. A lot of the guys end up being banged up later on. You see them; they got you know a lot of surgeries and such. So I think it was a smart choice to focus on the acting. I'll still do some stunt work from time to time, but really, yeah, uh, mostly for fight stuff. I won't do the. I, I tend not to do the high falls in that anymore. It's it's not worth it, and it's scary. I guess I've become afraid of heights as I've done, and I've done like from 80 feet. I've done high falls from 80 feet, but now I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. Right? I remember that fall you took in Stargate Universe. Yes. And it looked brutal. I'm sure it was staged well. But it it was. Brutal. It's still scary because I was falling backwards and I was on a cable. So we do the first part, and then we do the whole fall, and I was on this cable, and it stops you about two feet from the ground. So it's still a daunting thing when you're like, I hope this cable works. <laughs> I know I trust the guys. You know, we go through everything. You trip, But, you know, there's always that moment that something could happen. So there's still a little bit of that in you where you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> this better work, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, your work is taking you to work on green screen. For you, what's been the pros and cons of working with green screen? I prefer to do it practical. As an actor, I'd rather do it with the other actor or be in, in, in the actual environment, if, if that could be. Obviously, with sci-fi movies, being on a spaceship, or being, you can't really do that. So I get that. But I find sometimes they do green screen just to either save time or to not change locations. And I'd rather do it practical. But, you, you know, you, you, end up, you have to be able to work with green screen if you want to work in a sci-fi world. Right, or else then, then you're SOL for lack of <laughs> you won't work. So that's the way the industry is going. It is, and 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 right now I don't even think about it anymore. You just do it. Yeah. yeah. So we're at a sci-fi kind. I get getting to hang out with you for a little bit and, and uh, getting to nerd out. What what makes you nerd out? Well, obviously meeting some different stars. I remember meeting William Shatner, and that was kind of like. Nice. Oh, wow, right? I get to be, you know, I grew up watching him. So every once in a while, you'll get a, a, someone like that, a celebrity like that, or an actor like that, with that you forget, and all of a sudden you meet them, and you go, oh, wait a second. It resonates. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's one of those things. Um, and I love, I get weirded out, or nerded out by um, a lot of the costumes and what people wear, what they're willing to go through to just portray sure. their favorite characters in that. That, to me, is amazing. That's, like, incredible dedication. I know they're just doing it because, and I'm amazed. And some of them are so good that yeah, and some of the some of the people look great, and that's always cool. So what's next for you? Um, what we plug uh, that we'll be seeing you in the near future? 
Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll plug two movies. How's that? Um, there's a movie called Virtual Revolution that I shot in Paris a year and a half ago. Uh, and we had a limited theatrical release, but it's a really smart sci-fi movie. Very Blade Runner-ish. Um, and that was fun to shoot, and I think it's a good story. And that'll be out, I believe, on Amazon or iTunes. We're waiting to get the contracts uh, in the fall. And then there's a movie called Project Eden that I shot in, um, in, in New Zealand and in Minnesota. I don't know. It's an interesting story. But, but uh, it's with Eric Avari, who uh, a lot of sci-fi fans know from oh, Stargate. Yeah. And um, Eric and I play these, these really cool characters, antagonists in this movie. And um, it's another sci-fi movie set in the near future. And that'll be coming out theatrically, I believe, in November. And uh, after that, it's already been out. We've had limited screenings and uh, film festivals in that. And it's done really well. So those are two movies I'm excited about. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Hey. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Michael. Depode. Thank you. I wasn't going to say it because I was going to get it wrong again, Miles, even though we just got done talking about it. Our good close, close personal friend, Mike. Yes, yes. There we go. Just Mike. Mm-hmm. Let's we'll call him Mike. So we have our dessert tonight. It's mm-hmm. our sci-fi five and five. And Miles? Yeah. Now that I, I'm looking at this list. Um... It is not exhaustive. But these are the ways that we would like to see Miles die in sci-fi. Okay, maybe not Miles die, but just five terrible ways to die in sci-fi. This is this is what the sci-fi universe over the years have explored yeah. of uh, how to kill somebody. And I pulled this from another list, and their list was like 10, 15, or 20. So these are my five favorite ways to die. All right? Or see somebody die. See yes. someone die. I, I, would rather, I would not like to die in this way, mind you. So, do you want to like read like some of these? Sure, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll start with number five. You start uh, with number five. Mm-hmm. Maybe take uh, five and um, five and two. How about that? Okay. Okay. So this is number five of my list of five ways to die in sci-fi. So the, number five, we have energy monsters. Uh, classic trek all the way here. Let's face it: half the planets in the galaxy have some form of nasty energy creature on them, and they kill in nasty ways, sucking out the iron from your hemoglobin, frying your nervous system, disintegrating you. Your phaser won't work on it. But take comfort in knowing that the exact horrific manner of your death will give the important characters clues on how to defeat the creature. So thanks for that. So come on, be a red shirt, Miles. Be a red shirt. So we've we've seen red shirts die horribly by energy monsters. Energy monsters, classic trope. Do you think we're going to see any energy monsters in Discovery? Um, it, it it's certainly possible. I mean, <laughs> I I think they want to try to explore some some things in classic Trek. Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah, number four, sandworms. If you're familiar with the sandworms from Dune. They don't chew. They just have a thousand meters of digestive tract. Enough said. Oh my gosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And actually, not terribly unrelated is our number three, which is a sarlacc. Speaking of dige- digestion, Jabba the Hutt claims that if you digest in the belly of a sarlacc for a thousand years, figured you'd die of thirst after three days. Still a rough three days. That, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the sarlacc with its teeth, mm, yeah, well. Now, here's a question for you. Do you prefer the Sarlacc before Lucas uh, 
added the beak to it when he, we did the remastered ones, or you prefer the classic? Uh, I really don't care. Beak or no beak doesn't matter. Boba Fett lives. That's all that matters. Right. If you read the graphic novels, you, yep, you yep. find out Boba Fett lives. Boba Fett lives. He's going to be in one of these Star Wars movies you watch. Number Coming two in. on our list is is the face hugger chest burster from um, Alien. That's right. Mm-hmm. On the uh, on the digest of Trek theme, we have the infamous chest burster from Alien. Which is worse, to wind up inside something else's gullet or to have a nasty xenomorph using yours as a uterus? The birth will be even less pleasant than your mother claims yours was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. That's always a disgusting way to die. That's right. And uh, number one mm-hmm. is actually not a way for humans to die. But basically, if you want to die, just go ahead and come to Earth. Especially if you aren't from here. Mm-hmm. Um there should be a big flashing neon sign next to Earth warning aliens not to come here, Miles. Um, no matter how many spaceships you have, how advanced your technology, or how physically superior you are, humans are just the nastiest creatures in the verse. We will kill you with our bare hands. And cold germs, computer viruses, antiquated slug throwers, or baseball bats in glasses of water. Reference <laughs> to signs there. Um if movies have taught us anything, it's that humanity is the universe's favorite species. With a combination of grip, pluck, and a plan so crazy it just might work, we will totally defeat your giant evil armada. Are your pod replacements, are your mechanized assault troops? Really, it's your own fault for not just dropping toolboxes on us from orbit. Very true. We should probably have a sign just by the solar system warning. Run! Yeah, don't, don't, don't come to Earth. I still wonder we don't know if there's intelligent life out there. They seem to watch a movie and say, these people are bastards. They don't want... We we are not coming near them. Yeah. Pretty much it. We, 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 yeah, we'll make it difficult for the aliens if they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there's our Siphon 5 and 5. It's your turn next week, Miles. All right, we'll find something a little less... Uh, gruesome? A little less gruesome. Me, 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 yeah. Top five ways to give birth in sci-fi. You're the opposite end of it. No, maybe not. That might be just as gruesome. Life-giving ways in sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We'll figure out something. Or if you have five things in sci-fi you want to share, you can email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. Put it on Twitter at sci-fi diner or post on our Facebook page and we will uh, mention it in the show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, before we do wrap it up, we forgot to mention the listener feedback. Oh, let's, let's have some listener let's feedback. Let's have some listener feedback before we go on out of the show here. And then uh, and then we'll tell people where they can find us, how they can support us, and we're we'll up the show. So this listener feedback came from Jame, Jamie Husband. Mm-hmm. Jame Husband or Jamie Husband. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. But this is um, his response to us. So he said, Dear Sci-Fi Diner. I listened to your podcast for the first time this morning and was thoroughly entertained by the subject. Choosing favorite science fiction villains is very difficult because there are so many across so many different mediums, but it is also very fun and thought-provoking. Before I get started, I wanted to point out a mistake in your podcast. I'm sure you were inundated with emails. It was James Cameron, not John Carpenter, who directed the first two Terminator films as well as Aliens. So we must have said that accidentally. Okay. So I stand corrected. Um, so it seems that Cameron is responsible for three of your favorite villains, Terminator, Skynet, and Alien Queen. We, we have James Cameron to thank for that. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. And sorry for that mistake. So here are his five, or whatever they are. First, my honorable mentions, without going into detail. The Chitu, 
as envisioned by H.P. Lovecraft, the Cylons from the rebooted Battlestar Galactica, and the Centradi from Robotech. Okay, I know that I know I'm familiar with Robotech. Yeah, yeah Robotech. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now it's three favorite villains. I just wanted to mention that my number one is a bit of a cheat and maybe controversial, but I wanted to think outside the box, which I will explain in detail. Let's All right. Cool. So he's number three. Do you want to guess what it is? Yeah, I couldn't guess. Borg from Star Trek The Next Generation. When it comes to Star Trek, there are so many villains to choose from, like Khan, Klingons, Gorn, Captain, etc. But the most terrifying, relentless, apathetic are the Borg, mainly because they cover that science fiction trope of ubiquitous across mediums. Man versus Machine, The Terminator was mentioned along with The Matrix in 2001, Space Odyssey, Artificial Intelligence were the main adversaries in Dan Simmons' fantastic Hyperion series of novels, which, by the way, are phenomenal if you've never read them. But let's be real. When I saw Captain Picard abducted and assimilated by the Borg, it left me heartbroken in a state of shock. It was a hot topic in my local comic book store. Alice, I'm going to pronounce it right. The lady produced Borg Quig. Is it Krieg? I think it's Krieger. Krieger mm-hmm. portrayed the Borg Queen in what may be considered to be the second best Star Trek movie. She was seductive, menacing, and brilliant all at the same time. One important criteria for making a great villainy is the projection of fear, and you couldn't avoid being afraid of the Borg. The Yeah, I have to agree with that. that the Borg were, were, were a great villain. In... And a great analysis for all the reasons that he gave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, well said. Yeah, well said, well said, and I couldn't agree more with that. His number two, Darth Vader. Enough said. Oh, kidding aside, when one thinks of the icon of science fiction villainy, the first image that comes to mind is Darth Vader. He would have been my number one if it weren't for the person I chose, but more on that later. Vader encompasses all the dastardly traits mentioned in the, on the show. Fear, relentless, and apathy. James Earl Jones' booming baritone spreads fear along with a suit, mask, and red lightsaber. Vader is the ultimate enforcer of the Emperor's policies and laws. The aura of death surrounds Vader. He is the face of the Emperor. He, it is a, there's an important point I want to make. The special effects technology of the 70s doesn't compare with the modern CGI, motion capture, and blue screens. They also didn't have the sword expertise of modern choreographers. So yeah, the lightsaber battle between Vader and Obi-Wan in episode four, three, uh, four, cannot be compared, I'm going to get hate mail for that, Uh, episode four cannot compare to the battle of episode three, which is sadly ironic. Honestly, Vader deserved, reserved a lightsaber for dealing with the Jedi. He would just use a force choke against normal humans. So the final scene of Rogue One was flashy and a bit gratuitous. It was meant to impress the audience hungry for Vader awesomeness, and it worked. That scene was the best part of Rogue One, but it's sad because it showed the director's lack of imagination. It was a, it was kind of a douche machina in reverse. I would take the relentless Vader from The Empire Strikes Back every day and twice on Sunday. So what do you think about his commentary on it? Well, I, to me, Rogue One is not, I mean, you could take Vader out and I would, and, and not have him in the movie, and I would still love Rogue One. It's great to have him in the movie. It, and oh, it, yeah. It certainly hit that battle through the hallway scene is pretty phenomenal. But it, it was an opportunity to showcase what a badass Vader was, and I, gratuitous, uh, maybe, but I'm not complaining. I he mean, also has one of the worst lines in the movie. Don't choke on your aspirations. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, that was <laughs> a little, yeah. <laughs> a little trite. But, mm-hmm. but good. I mean, but that is not, the movie's not about Vader. The movie's not about Vader. It's, it's about these people who go, who go on a suicide mission to get the plans for this, this horrible, devastating war machine um, to the rebellion. And it tells their story and... And the sacrifice they made to bring it. Right, and, and just, it explored the ugliness and the moral, um, uh, what's the right word I'm thinking? Uh, sometimes you have to, the, you know, the, the, the choices you have to make um, that, are, that are morally, not, you know, questionable. Uh, in war, um, so I, I I love that whole exploration, Rogue One. Yeah, and that made Rogue One maybe I know it's your favorite Star Wars movie, but it made it a good Star Wars movie. Yes, yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm, I was happy, but 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 again, I'm, I was happy with Vader, and I love that scene of him mowing down those uh, rebel troops. Absolutely, absolutely. Now his number one, you aren't going to expect Miles. Okay, so. Now for my number one, which may or may not be a popular choice. In my opinion, he is the arc villain of the Star Wars for the very simple reason that he nearly ruined the masterpiece of science fiction films. I'll try to keep my points sparse due to the longevity of this email. Of course, my number one villain is George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably being unfair, but when you made millions or billions off fans, then the criticism's justified. Here are his reasons. Letter A, those awful prequel movies in episode three is just as bad, if not worse, than the other two. B, special editions were a fiasco, like using glow-in-the-dark paint over Van Gogh. C, Jar Jar Binks. D, (laughs) midi-chlorians. E, the whole plot structure of the prequels were lame and unimaginative. Who cares for young Anakin? We want Vader! Get to the frickin' point! F. Anakin Skywalker should have surpassed Luke as a great hero of Star Wars. Hayden Christensen was miscast. He lacks charisma and screen presence. Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt would have been much better. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Lucas was responsible for Anakin's failure to exceed expectations. It really doomed the prequel trilogy. His fall from grace in Episode Three was rushed, flaccid, and cliche. Romeo and Juliet, anyone? G. Lucas ruined Boba Fett, my all-time favorite Star Wars character. First, his lame death in Return of the Jedi and his hokey origin. H. Lucas seemed to care more for money than telling a great story. In my honest opinion, it felt like George was more focused on merchandising, digital screens, and CGI than elevating the storyline. Yes, they were prequels and confined to the, to the continuity because... Uh, and confined to the continuity because that's no excuse for lack of creative storytelling. The characters had no heart. Sorry, guys. I can keep going until I've written a book about this, but I think I got my point across. I read in various geek forums and many felt portrayed when George told the Star Wars, sold Star Wars to Disney. I felt it was the best thing that could have happened to Star Wars. Yeah, the scarcity of new material is gone, and media exhaustion is a very real threat to Star Wars, but the horizon is now endless for Star Wars. James Hunt, Jamie Husband, or James Husband. I don't know if I'm saying that right, so excuse me. Honolulu, Hawaii. James, I can't find much to disagree with you yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, James, I'd be curious if you've ever seen the documentary uh, The People versus uh, George Lucas, where... Oh, yeah, I bet he has. So, 
uh, folks, if you haven't listened to that, uh, it, about Star Wars fans talking about this, um, you know, how, you know, for many believe how, how, how Lucas ruined, uh, you know, Star Wars with, with those prequels. Um, so, yeah, I'd be curious if you've seen that, Jim. To, to be fair, though, he has given us the Star Wars universe. And, mm. and the story, no matter how you feel about the prequels, the prequels remain part of the canon and the mythos of Star Wars. And, yeah, you, uh, could, you could take each one and, and make an outline of it. But somebody, you know, rewrite some better dialogue and maybe cast yeah. different people. Yeah, hey, I'm not arguing. I think that, I agree that it's a great number one villain. And so, certainly not in any way what we were thinking. There's an interesting comparison with, with the Star Trek franchise. Um, I mean, everybody knows that, you know, Gene Ronberry created Star Trek. He was there for the original series. Uh, he he produced and wrote most of uh, Star Trek the motion picture, but um, unlike Star Wars, uh, I don't know what the legalities were, but basically Paramount basically. Um, uh, I, I got the property, at least the movie property from Roddenberry, and so from Star Trek Two on, Roddenberry had very little to do with movies. He was giving the um, honorific title of executive consultant but creatively and he, he, he there is record of him expressing his displeasure at them he did however with with next generation uh, he was active with the first season uh, and, and second season sometimes the person who creates this franchise this story isn't always the best person to continue to sustain it in, yeah later on and uh, you could argue that for Star Wars because force awakens was a great movie Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly Rogue One, right? Uh, so. It, so Star Trek did well when it had some new blood, um, and that's what Star Wars needs. Yes, Star, Star Wars needs. Mm-hmm. Thank you again for writing in, James. Yeah, I'm glad glad you did that, James. Yeah, Thanks. so we're very, very 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 appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to hear from you again on any thoughts and stuff that we are saying. We'd love to hear like some of your favorite ways to die. <laughs> I think that would be good to hear. So. All right, well, I believe that's it. we got to wrap up the show again. We would love to hear from you about anything that we said in the show. You can email us, visit us on our Facebook page at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Obviously, we would love your support. So patreon.com backslash sci-fi and uh, all the ways that you can uh, support us and get rewards are, are there. Um, uh, but most importantly, we just love the fact that you listen to our podcast. Keep listening. Recommend us to friends, and uh, and we would love to hear from you. Right. We the, 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 this this uh, letter that that Jim wrote us. It was it was fun to talk about. Ashley. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. It was it was a great letter, Jim. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I believe that's about it. So Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We will see. My brother will say dope hud. My mom will say dope hood. <laughs> <laughs>
it's Dopuj was the original name. And then uh, when they defected, they lost the, uh, they didn't have the same letter in the alphabet. So my dad defected, he went to France. He's like, whatever, just I want to be out of my country. Whatever, yeah, you, a D, okay, we'll put a D, I don't care. Right. So that's how. There's that's more important how things going on at the time. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's an awesome story. Yeah, you know, nowadays it's different, right? And then when I got my, um, when I moved to the States and got my green card, uh, you had to get your original birth certificate. And all of a sudden my original birth certificate has a J for Dopuj. At, with the D, so you know I'm getting my interview, and he's like, "Well, why is there a J at the end of your name and your passport and all your other ID doesn't have a J?" I said, "I don't know. I guess all of a sudden now they're trying to honor the old school way of what it sounded like as close to possible, you know." I said, "But I had no idea. I look at the at the birth certificate. Why would they do that after 45 years or whatever it was, right? 44 years, I'm like." So it's interesting. So what country are you from? Former Yugoslavia, Serbia. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was actually born in Montreal. My whole family defected, and yeah, and that's why my name is Michelle. My real name is, is Michelle, because they moved to a place called Saint Michel. That's why I speak French. And, there you go. Yes, I know, right? It's, it's amazing. But um, yeah, I came down to LA about seven years ago. And uh, I still end up working back in Canada, obviously, being Canadian.